What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John, and this week we are back with episode 102, where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC Fight Night card going down this Saturday, June 20th, 2020, from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. This 12-fight card will be headlined by Alex Volkov versus Curtis Blades. Last week was very successful. We went 8 for 2 on official predictions and we won 6 units uh, in my official tracked bets on bet MMA tips. So it was a great bounce back week from a, a bad week in UFC 250 the week before. And I hope to keep it rolling this week. And we actually have some really fun fights, a really quality card top to bottom. And the first fight of the night is really fun and it's in the lightweight division. We got Austin Hubbard taking on Max Ruskov. The opening betting line for this one was Hubbard minus 140 to Ruskov plus 120. We're now seeing the line flip Ruskov the favorite at minus 185 to Hubbard plus 160. So a ton of action coming in on the UFC debutant Max Ruskov. And I understand some action coming in on Ruskov. I definitely thought that he would get bet down to the favorite once he opened as the underdog. But I did not expect this much action. And I think that where the line is at now, there's no value left on Ruskov. And it's now a dog or pass situation. Max Ruskov is a former college wrestler and has transitioned to jiu-jitsu very well in the past few years. I've seen a few clips of him tapping out some really great grapplers in jiu-jitsu, and I've also seen him use that jiu-jitsu in MMA. His MMA game is definitely pretty raw. We don't know much about him. He's never gone to the decision. He's never actually gotten to round three. He tends to just fake a takedown and throw overhand rights on the feet for his striking, and he tend likes to hit takedowns, likes to go for those front chokes, the dark Darces, anacondas, guillotines, and he does like to take backs a lot too. So Max Ruskov is definitely going to be looking to get this fight on the floor, hit takedowns early, and look to submit Austin Hubbard. And Hubbard has had a lot of trouble with getting taken down in his entire MMA career. I mean, even before the UFC, when he was fighting Harvey Park, he got um, his back taken and almost submitted. And he does have good submission defense. I will uh, give that to him. Like He defended a, a back take from Davi Hamos, and he was getting out grappled by Madsen, but wasn't any trouble submission-wise. And if you look at that Madsen fight, a lot of people will look at it and say, hey, he was fighting a great wrestler, got taken down, he survived, and he made it to round three and started beating up Madsen, and that's going to happen here too. Well, there's a massive difference in the uh, in the way that Madsen and Ruskov grapple. Madsen is a Greco-Roman wrestler. That means he only had hits takedowns to the top half of the body. That's his wrestling style. So he doesn't really have great top control, and he really does not have much jujitsu. He's not a back taker. He doesn't really go for any submissions. He actually went for a, uh, an anaconda choke for a, a brief moment in that fight, but Hubbard defended. Um, so Hubbard was able to stand up a little recklessly and was able to give up the front headlock position a, a little recklessly in that fight versus Madsen. But make no mistake, he will not be able to do that here versus Ruskov because he will get his back taken or he will get uh, front choked with one of those Darces or Anacondas I was mentioning. So I actually am going to pick Ruskov to get that early first round submission. I think that he's just such an aggressive grappler. And even though Davi Hamos and Madsen weren't able to do it, I think that Ruskov is able to get that early takedown, maybe a back take or some form of front choke as I was mentioning and get that early submission um, so the pick is going to be Ruskov round 
round one submission, but uh, I honestly think that the Hubbard round two, round three knockout props have a ton of value on them, like plus 2,000, 3,000, and definitely looks a live bet Hubbard if Ruskov does not get that early submission because Ruskov could definitely gas out. He's coming in here on super short notice, and he's never fought past that round uh, halfway mark of round two, as I was mentioning. So if this fight uh, gets out of the first round, you start to favor Hubbard, look to live bet him. So uh, the pick for me is going to be Ruskov sub, but it's dog or pass in terms of the the money lines where it's at i would just look to bet the props in this one ruskoff round one round two or hubbard round two round three and i actually have a two unit bet on the under two and a half rounds here at minus 110 and i did get a little bit of value on that because it currently sits at minus 125 the next fight is in the women's flyweight division. We have Roxanne Matafari taking on Lauren Murphy. The opening betting line for this one was Roxanne, the favorite, at minus 165 to Murphy plus 125. Right now, we are seeing Matafari minus 125 to Murphy plus 105. So more action coming in on Lauren Murphy as the dog in this one. And I'm a bit surprised at where the line is sitting at now. I definitely think I, I favor Roxanne Matafari in this one. And I've been surprised about how many people are giving Murphy a good shot to win this fight, but uh, I honestly don't see it. I think that she could be maybe getting uh, overvalued by that last win of hers. Although I think it's widely accepted that that was a bad decision, that she did not really deserve that win over Andrea Lee. I mean, that was a really, really bad decision when you look back on it. I mean, she definitely stole the rounds with the takedowns at the end of round one and round two, but she was getting soundly outstruck by Andrea Lee and was able to somehow win that decision. But if you look at the way those two were striking in that fight, they were standing right in front of each other. And Andrea Lee was not pressuring. She was not putting Murphy on the back foot. And when Murphy is moving backwards, she really does not have much idea how to strike. I mean, Eubank was pressuring her and was able to hit takedowns and was able to pretty much neutralize Murphy. She's not really the type of striker where she has that uh, lateral movement down and she can outstrike you while moving backwards. So if, I think if Roxanne just comes forward and throws strikes while she she's being aggressive on the feet. I think that she should outstrike and probably outbox Murphy here because Roxanne's boxing actually looked decent last fight versus Barbara. It looked like she had some some pop behind her punches for the first time. She's been taking her strength and conditioning very seriously. I just give a lot of advantages to Roxanne Matafari. No doubt she has the experience advantage. I definitely think she has the grappling advantage too. I think that she's more liable to uh, hit takedowns and stay on top. We might see Murphy get lucky and, and hit a takedown, but I think that Roxanne's very comfortable off her back. She's got submissions and sweeps. She's really good at hitting that flower sweep. I think Roxanne has hit that flower sweep at key moments in uh, both of her most recent fights against Shevchenko and Barber. Not the greatest grapplers, but it just shows that it's a very dependable move. So I think no matter if this fight is striking or it's grappling, I favor Roxanne Modafari. I think that she'll do the more effective thing by moving forward and trying to outstrike Murphy on the feet. I think that if she gets taken down, she will reverse Murphy and end up on top, and she might even hit her own takedowns and look to do work from top position. Roxanne is definitely at her most effective when she's on top, landing her ground a pound, and she has pretty good top pressure for uh, the women's MMA uh, division. So I think that this fight is going to go Roxanne's way. I think that she wins by decision. I have 1.5 units on her at minus 125, and uh, that was from a few weeks ago. I think she actually dropped below that at one point, but now she's sitting at minus 125. So I will let it ride, and I think that Roxy wins this one pretty comfortably by decision. The next fight is in the lightweight division. We have Frank Camacho taking on Matt Frivola. The opening betting line for this one was Frivola minus 150 to Camacho plus 130. 
Right now, we are seeing Frivola minus 125 to Camacho plus 105. So more action coming in on Camacho in this one, although there is two-way action. I think this is one of the more uh, discussed fights of the week. I've seen people talking about betting both sides of this fight, and I think it's kind of a dangerous fight to pick a money line in because I think both guys just really love to brawl, and they could just stand in the center of the octagon trade and one of them get knocked out. So I think the safest way to play this fight is to bet the under two and a half rounds, and I was able to bet one unit on that at plus 130, and I think it's actually now at minus 110. Yeah, so I got a huge amount of value on that, betting it as an underdog, and it's all the way down to a favorite now, so it seems like people agree with me on the under here and i do think frank camacho does win this fight because he's the better overall mixed martial artist and i'm pretty over or underwhelmed actually with matt frivola i mean the guys had a few fun fights in the ufc but i think that in terms of, of raw skill he, he's very sloppy he kind of relies on athleticism relies on power and he just has a lot of holes i mean his striking defense is not very good he got knocked out cold by Marco Pollo Reyes not, not that long ago, which does not really look good. And the way he really wins fights is just by dragging them late, hitting takedowns, getting them ugly. And I just don't think that, that he can do that versus Camacho because Camacho is a great defensive grappler. He has solid takedown defense and People might be looking at Camacho's last fight. It was definitely a bad performance. I mean, I was betting on Camacho there versus Benil Daryush. He was getting outstruck on the feet versus Daryush. He got hurt with some strikes. He got taken down. He got choked out in two minutes. I mean, he was completely dominated by Daryush. He didn't even show up for that fight. Camacho but don't forget the fight before that versus Nick Hine he looked uh, better than he ever has he was landing great body kicks and really just broke down Hine in that fight and got a TKO so I think Camacho is actually the better brawler of the two he's the more well-rounded mixed martial artist and I think that uh, unless he gets knocked out early here in some wild exchange by Frivola I think he starts to take over the fight and maybe even gets his own finish so I think that Camacho via second or third round knockout is going to be my pick here my bet is going to be on the under two and a half rounds for one unit. Uh, have not bet on either money line yet, but you know Camacho as an underdog is slightly appealing. But uh, I might just stay away, considering this fight could just be that crazy brawl I talked about earlier and could go either way. Um, so the pick once again is uh, Camacho by second, third round finish, but it's going to be a pass in the terms of the money line right now. The next fight is in the women's flyweight division. We have Courtney Casey taking on Jillian Robertson. The opening betting line for this one was Casey minus 125 to Robertson minus 105. Right now we are looking at Robertson minus 115 to Casey minus 105. So it opened a near pick'em. It's right now sitting at a near pick'em. I, there's definitely two-way action coming in on this fight. Uh, Courtney Casey was actually an underdog for a good amount of time, but it seems like people are definitely coming in on her now. And man, what a close fight! And I, I'm not actually comfortable betting the money line in either side of this fight. I think I'm going to pick Casey to win, but the reason why I don't want to bet her money line is because she just constantly uh, spends time on her back. She does not have the most reliable takedown defense. Like her Cynthia Calvillo fight, she defended six of six takedowns in that fight. And then her last fight against Romero Barella, she got taken down in round one and was not looking too good off of her back. It was going for guard submissions, and sure, sure enough, she got a guard submission and submitted uh, Barella with an armbar. So I definitely think that her guard submissions 
could be used in this fight too because Robertson also likes to hit takedowns. She likes to do work from top control, but I was really underwhelmed watching her fights over again. Her top control is not very good. She's very sloppy from top. She doesn't really hold opponents down too well. I mean, Veronica Macedo was giving her some trouble throwing up submissions off her back. And I think that if uh, Macedo being undersized and, you know, a very small girl for the weight class was able to escape those positions, I think that Casey with her size uh, and her ability to use guard submissions and used uh, her legs really to, to get off of her back, I think that she has a good chance at uh, escaping any bottom position here, reversing or even hitting a submission off of her back. And if this fight does stay standing, which I really don't think it will, you gotta favor Courtney Casey there. She just has spent so much more time striking. She's the more comfortable striker. She lands way more strikes per minute. And I think that Robertson is pretty dire on the feet and it does not have much technique or effective offense. And we might think that Casey would be undersized because she's the one moving up and wait for this fight. Actually, she moved up last fight, but Robertson has fought at 125 for much longer than she is. I mean, Casey's going to have a, a height and reach advantage, and I think that she might even be the bigger woman in there in terms of weight. I mean, Robertson is just a very small flyweight, and Robertson tends to rely on top control, and being the bigger fighter is a definitely easier way to control someone from top, and Robertson's not going to have that advantage here. So I'm going to favor Courtney Casey on the feet in this one to win the striking exchanges and I think that she's able to avoid getting taken down or able to use a guard submission able to use a sweep or able to get off of her back uh, enough for for Casey to win back the round so we might see Casey uh, spend three minutes around on her back and lose these rounds and it'd be a really close decision that's why I'm laying off the betting line but we might also see Casey defend those takedowns get off of her back outstrike and clearly beat Robertson here so I think this one is more likely to go the dis, uh, to the decision. I don't think that Robertson or Casey will submit each other. And I think that Casey is the much more proven fighter over the 15 minutes. And that striking volume is going to help her win this fight in the eyes of the judges. So the pick for me is going to be Courtney Casey by decision. No bet in terms of the money line yet. Um, but I might uh, lay a bet on Casey if she gets back to those underdog odds. But no strong feelings in terms of the bets in this one. Although Casey decision is the pick. The next fight is in the middleweight division. We have Marc-Andre Bayut taking on Oscar Pechota. The opening betting line for this one was a minus 115 pick em on both sides. Right now we are seeing Pechota minus 120 to Bayut plus 100. So more action coming in on Pechota's way. Although there's two-way action coming in on this fight. Uh, Bayut actually jumped up to an underdog for a certain amount of time, but now he's at even money. Um, I definitely think that Bayut is the uh, the value side in this one. I just think that Pachoda has looked so bad in his past few fights that you really can't be betting him as a favorite. And you might you could say the same about uh, Marc Andre Bayut. He has lost his first three UFC fights, but he fought some pretty stiff competition, and he didn't really look all that bad in those fights. The way I see this fight going is either Pachota gets an early takedown and tries to submit uh, Marc-Andre Bayut, or he likely gasses out and gets finished himself in the second or third round. So I don't have a very strong feeling on who is going to win this fight, but I do think that the under two and a half rounds is a good bet. I laid uh, one unit on that at plus 125, and I was able to get in two units on the fight does not go the distance at minus 105, and it now sits at minus 170. So I was able to get over 11% value on that betting line. It's going to probably be one of my better bets all week. And I definitely think that that was the, the side to go in early because, like I said, uh, Pachota could 
could get that early submission. Bayut could get that late knockout. I really don't just think this fight goes to the scorecards, mostly because if Pachota is just such a, a you know a do or die fighter. He either gets that finish or he gets finished. And in his past few fights, he's just been looking old and sloppy. And I think that if he does not get that early takedown and uh, that submission here, he's probably going to get knocked out at the hands of Bayut, who has some decent power and striking of his own right. So uh, I'm actually going to lean with Marc-Andre Bayut to uh, weather that early storm, avoid the takedown, and to win by knockout in the second round. But um, Bayut's takedown defense is not the best. I mean, he was taken down a lot by Park, and he has struggled with grapplers throughout his past and with getting cage pushed against the fence as well. Um, so if Pachota could come out here and get that early takedown, it's a very winnable fight for him. But I'm just going to stick with uh, the fight does not go the distance in the under and probably not play either side of this one, although the pick is Bayut at plus 100. The next fight is in the women's strawweight division. We have Tisha Torres taking on Brianna Van Buren. The opening betting line for this one was Van Buren minus 162 to Torres plus 142. Right now we are seeing Van Buren minus 210 to Torres plus 175. So more action coming in on Brianna Van Buren as the favorite. And I understand it. She's definitely the height prospect right now. Tisha Torres is on a four-fight losing streak. And although Torres has been fighting some pretty steep competition, I just think that she has looked worse and worse in these fights, and she's just really limited as a fighter at this point. I mean, she doesn't really have uh, good uh, offensive striking, and she kind of just relies on being uh, the more physical fighter, uh, maybe getting some clinch strikes and ripping some takedowns in the clinch, but... I don't think she's very technical at this point in her career, and she's definitely just going to be outgunned in any aspect of the fight by Brianna Van Buren, in my opinion. Definitely in the distance striking, I really like Brianna Van Buren's combination punches. She does uh, great kicks and punches, string, strings them together very well. Definitely one of the most up-and-coming prospects in the entire women's MMA. And I think that Brianna Buren has some pretty good takedowns as well. She likes going for that top game on the ground. She's got uh, good submissions, and she's really ran through a lot of the Invicta competition with her submission in her top game. And then that last fight uh, versus Souza, her UFC debut, she showed how how um, well-rounded she is with her striking. I mean, I was really impressed by Van Buren striking in that fight. So I think that no matter where the fight goes, it favors Van Buren. Uh, definitely in the striking output, I'm going to favor Van Buren. The only way I see Torres winning this fight is if the fight gets into the clinch where she can use her physical strength to make it competitive because she has uh, made some fights competitive in the clinch. Even with Zhang not too long ago, Torres was competing in the clinch and maybe even got a takedown for a short amount of time in that fight. So look for her to hit takedowns and maybe get her own top game going versus Van Buren. But I just don't think it'll work here. And I think that Van Buren, by decision, is going to be my pick. And I think that where the odds are at right now are pretty accurate. I don't see very much value in either line. Although, with the fact that it's just a, a, um, a prospect versus a veteran and it's women's MMA, I think it's going to be dog or pass at this uh, point in the, in the betting line. Although, Brianna Van Buren, by decision, is going to be the pick. The next fight is in the lightweight division. We have Clay Guida taking on Bobby Green. The opening betting line for this one was green minus 275 to Guida plus 235. Right now we are seeing green minus 235 to Guida plus 195. So a little more action coming in on the dog Guida in this one. And I understand it. That plus 200 number seemed a little wide to me at first. But after doing some tape, I mean, Clay Guida has just looked pretty bad lately. 
he had that crazy fight with Miller last fight where he hurt Miller and then Miller hurt him and he got choked out in 30 seconds. But that really doesn't tell you much. The fight you want to look at is his fight against BJ Penn. And he actually struggled with BJ Penn at distance for a lot of that fight. He absorbed a lot of strikes, a lot of punches to the head. And he eventually just relied on just being the more physical fighter and having the better cardio and winning the second half of that fight. But that fight was a lot closer than people remember it, especially when you consider Guida was like minus 700 in that fight. So I think that Guida is a definitely shot fighter at this point. He looks like a shell of his former self. Definitely does not have as good physicality. Definitely can't take a punch as well. And I think that Bobby Green is just a much better fighter at this point in his career. I mean, Bobby Green did technically lose his last fight against Trinaldo, but I think that decision should have gone his way. He did a good job scrambling, defending takedowns from Trinaldo and ending up on top. And keeping top position versus Trinaldo too. He did he did good work in the striking versus Trinaldo. Had good uh, steady output throughout the three rounds. And I definitely think that that decision should have gone his way. But the fight was in Brazil. And it wasn't that much of a dominant win for Green. So I won't call it a total robbery. But once again, I just think that Green's the better fighter in every aspect in his career. Uh, I think that unless Guida hits takedowns and uh, puts Green on his back for a long amount of time, he probably loses here. Or the fact that Green can just be a little lackadaisical on the feet. Sometimes he doesn't throw as much output as he needs to. Sometimes he fights a little bit beneath his abilities. So as long as Green takes the fight seriously, fights with a little initiative, I think that he will show a, a massive skill discrepancy between these two at this point in their career. And we will see uh, Green win a decision pretty comfortably in this one. So I think that the odds where they're at uh, now are pretty accurate. It's going to be a pass for me in the betting window. I don't see any value in this fight. have not really looked at the odds for any props or anything either this is kind of an uninteresting fight to me um, so it's going to be green by decision and no bets on this one the next fight is in the lightweight division we have roosevelt roberts taking on jim miller the opening betting line for this one was roberts minus 175 to miller plus 150 right now we are seeing roberts minus 242 miller plus 200 so a lot of action came in on Roosevelt Roberts, and now some action has come back on Jim Miller these past few days, and he sets a plus 200 right now, and I think that there's some value on that, honestly. I think Miller is still a very capable veteran. He's got some nice wins in his past few fights. I mean, he did lose that decision to Holtzman last time out, but Holtzman's a, a very good fighter in his own right and Miller still showed some solid technique and some some good physicality in that fight I definitely don't think that uh, Miller is shot yet despite him being you know a, a very aged veteran and even though Roberts has gotten some victories lately especially over Brock Weaver just a few weeks ago I think that he is definitely still raw and he not even that long ago was getting taken down spent a lot of time on bottom versus uh, Vince Peichel lost his first fight via decision of Peichel and then he spent some time on his back versus uh, Alexander Yakola too, and really almost lost that fight. And it really came down to like one reversal in round three where Roberts was able to win that fight. So I think that Roberts uh, getting taken down and getting put on his back is a huge liability. And Jim Miller still has decent takedowns. He's got great submissions. He's always been a great grappler. And even on the feet, I think he's still got some, some striking technique. He definitely still has some pop in his hands. He's actually hurt a few of his opponents lately. And I think that this is not going to be an easy fight for Roosevelt Roberts, no where the fight goes. Uh, even on the feet, it's going to be competitive, although I do give the slight edge to Roberts because he's going to have a speed advantage. He's going to be using his straight punches, which are pretty good. But in terms of the grappling, I mean, this is very even. I would even probably give the edge to Jim Miller in this one. 
and Roberts tends to rely on grappling to win his fights. He likes mixing the striking and the grappling up. And if he's not going to be able to outgrapple Jim Miller, he's going to have to solely rely on his striking. And I don't think he's going to look like a minus 240 favorite when he's doing that. So based on that alone, I think this is dog or pass. I have one unit on Jim Miller at plus 220. And I think that Jim Miller, no scorecards at plus 185 is a good bet because I don't see Roberts finishing Jim Miller here. I could see Roberts winning a decision. And I think in terms of an official prediction, I will go with Roosevelt Roberts by decision. I think his striking output and his speed and his uh, maybe his youth athleticism will help him win this decision here. But I would not be totally shocked to see Jim Miller outgrapple Roberts to maybe even submit or just uh, win rounds by outgrappling Roberts here. So you can never count Jim Miller out. That's why I got one unit on him at plus 220. And I think that uh, in terms of the betting window, there's still some value left on Miller. And if you can get that no scorecards on Miller too, that's a great bet. So with all that said, though, I'm still picking Roberts by decision, but I'm definitely cheering for Miller to get the upset in this one. The next fight is in the welterweight division. We have Lyman Good taking on Bilal Muhammad. The opening betting line for this one was Bilal minus 130 to Good minus 110. Right now, we are seeing Bilal minus 130 still to good plus 110. So two-way action coming on this one. Bilal was at minus 150 for a long amount of time. And then now some action has just started to come in on good these past few days. And, man, what a great fight. Really looking forward to this one. I actually wish this fight was five rounds because I think the two of these guys are really durable. And I think this one definitely goes the distance. And that's definitely going to be my most confident bet as well. As much as I would like to confidently pick a side in this one, I was actually leaning Lyman good and I think I placed a bet on him at plus 130 but I'll likely hedge that out and just keep all my action on the fight goes the distance in this one which I just bet for 2.5 units at minus 128 on FanDuel and I mean, these guys are just incredibly durable. I mean, if you look at the shots that Lyman good was taken in that Zaleski Dos Santos fight he absorbed them all. He made it to the decision in that one. And Bilal Muhammad was taking a beating versus Jeff Neal and, and survived the decision in that one as well. So both these guys super durable. They've got good cardio throughout the three rounds. They're very evenly matched. And I do not see either one finishing each other. I think there's a small chance of uh, Muhammad getting a, a submission and a small chance of good getting a knockout. But besides that, I think this one goes to the scorecards. And that's going to be my, my safest bet for this one now in terms of how they match up i think Bilal is more likely to hit offensive takedowns here that's definitely his game he likes going for takedowns uh to mix in his striking in terms of the, the striking i think it's going to be very even on the feet i think i would even give a slight advantage to lyman good in this one just because he's going to have the power advantage in my opinion but they're both pretty good boxers. I mean, I'm impressed with both of their boxing techniques and Lyman Good especially looked really good in his last fight against Chance Rencounter. And I think that Lyman Good's takedown defense is a bit of a liability. Sometimes he gets taken down and he bounces back up to his feet a little recklessly, gives up his back. That's definitely how he lost the fight to Damian Maya. And Bilal Muhammad does like hitting takedowns, does like taking backs. So that's always a possibility here as he gets that back take and wins a round. Um, but I don't think he's going to do that. I think that uh, Good is uh, physically strong enough to avoid getting taken down and put in those bad positions versus Bilal here. Bilal is just not overly dominant of a wrestler and grappler to put uh, Good in those bad spots like Damian Maia did. And when this fight stays on the feet, it's going to be very even. I think that that power will be a, a big factor for Good in this one. 
And I think in terms of volume, I think I give a slight advantage to Good as well. When you look at his his 15-minute fights, he's thrown more volume, more strikes than uh, Bilal does on average. And that's because Bilal's mixing in the wrestling. But if he can't wrestle here and it's pure striking, I still favor the output a little more of Lyman Good. So I'm going to pick Lyman Good to win a decision in this one. It's not a super confident pick. But to reiterate the bets in this one, 2.5 units on goes to distance, minus 128. And the fact that I think it's a 50-50 fight, I have to put a half unit on good by decision at plus 470. I mean, with how confident I am this fight goes to the distance, I think the good by decision for is for a half a unit, maybe even a full unit is a great bet because I think he has a great chance of winning this decision. It's going to be really evenly matched, and I think the power of the strikes could be the deciding factor of the two. So not the most confident pick here in Lyman Good. But I am confident that goes the distance, and that's what I advise betting for this fight. The next fight is in the women's bantamweight division. We have Marion Renal taking on Raquel Pennington. The odds for this one are Pennington minus 175 at openers to Renal plus 135. Right now we are seeing line margins tightening up with Pennington minus 160 to Renal plus 140. So... There's two-way action coming in on this fight. Pennington was actually down to, I think, minus 135 at one point, and that's when people started realizing that there's some value on that line, and she's now sitting at minus 160, and people have come in on her the past few days. I think that's sharp action, honestly, because I just think that Pennington's the much better fighter at this point in their career and has fought much better competition. She's picked up a win over Irina Aldana, who's a, a tremendous fighter, one of the best in all of women's MMA, and Pennington getting her that, deci- that decision over her was a big feather in her cap. Although it was a tremendously close fight, a lot of people thought Aldana won it. But, I mean, Pennington won the fight on optics. I mean, she landed the bigger shots. She was uh, winning the clinches in that fight, and Aldana just... Did not win, uh, did not fight her fight in that one. She got clinched a lot more than she would have liked to, and it was definitely not a robbery for Pennington. And I honestly have never been too impressed with Marin Renal, but when you look at uh, her age, she's 42 years old, one of the oldest females on the roster, and just her skill in her past few fights, I mean, she's just looked very underwhelming. Her biggest problem is getting taken down, is getting pushed against the cage. I mean, Yana Kuniskaya was able to just walk towards her and Renown backs up to the cage, gets stuck against the cage. And that's not what you want to do against Pennington because Pennington does some of her best work just pushing you against the cage, landing clinch strikes, maybe looking to hit a takedown at some point. And I think that uh, in the the striking range here, the the fight is going to be actually pretty even. I think that Renal's uh, striking is not bad, actually. I mean, in round three, she had some decent success with her straight punches versus Yana Kuninskaya in her last fight. And I think that Pennington had some decent uh, success at range versus Aldana. So I think they're more than capable of outstriking each other at range. And I don't have a confident read on who I think is going to be the better striker, although I'll slightly lean with Pennington because she might have a speed advantage and i think that she's outstruck the better competition lately the you know comparing aldana to kunitskaya so Pennington by decision is going to be my pick in this one. I think it's pretty safe in terms of of a pick and in terms of the betting window, but I'm not betting Pennington at minus 160. I would not advise you to do so either. I mean, this fight could easily turn into a a sloppy split decision where they're striking a lot at range and it just gets real sloppy and low level. Um, So I would not advise betting Pennington at minus 160 at this point, but Pennington by decision is the pick and anybody who got in on Pennington Below minus 150, I think it's a pretty safe and good bet at this point. 
The next fight is the co-main event of the evening. In the featherweight division, we have Shane Burgos taking on Josh Emmett. The opening betting line for this one was Burgos minus 155 to Emmett plus 115. Right now, we are seeing Burgos minus 135 to Emmett plus 115. So again, two-way action coming on this fight. Great fight. Really looking forward to this one. And I think if we're talking about who is the better overall mixed martial arts between the two, the answer is clear as day, Sean Burgos. But that does not mean that he's a safe pick to win this fight because Josh Emmett is dangerous. I mean, the guy's got tremendous power in both hands. He does not have very traditional mixed martial arts skills at all. I mean, when he first entered the UFC, he was definitely a little more well-rounded, mixing up his striking and his wrestling background. But as of lately, he's kind of completely abandoned his takedown game and it's kind of solely relied on low output uh, low volume striking and just trying to land that power shot really i mean the guy learns he has bricks for hands once he got that knockout over Lamas, you know everything changed for him i mean he dropped jeremy stevens he was able to knock out uh, michael johnson after losing most of that fight he knocked out bectic in the last uh fight of his so uh, he's been on a roll lately but I think that the fact that he has some good momentum behind him is kind of influencing this bending line. I think it could be a little more in favor of Shane Burgos because I think he has an overwhelming amount of advantages in this fight. I mean, he's the better offensive boxer, the better defensive boxer. He's got a better kicking game. So if this fight stays standing, I think that we will start to see Shane Burgos outstrike Josh Emmett from very early on. And I think that if Emmett wants to win the striking in this fight, his best chance is to just try to land a power punch in the first you know, one or two minutes. Because after that, Shane Burgos is going to start figuring him out. He's going to start using his defensive advantages to avoid those wild power hooks uh, from Emmett coming from a mile away. So unless he can blitz Burgos and try to land that right hand, that left hand early uh, kind of similar to how Kurt Hollebach did in the first 90 seconds of their fight I think that Emmett's going to get soundly outstruck as the minutes go on in this fight and unless Emmett is going to mix it up with his wrestling and look to shoot a lot more takedowns than he has in his past few fights I think he loses here so the pick for me is going to be Shane Burgos by decision I could even see a late knockout from accumulated damage I definitely think decision is the more likely of the two because I don't think Burgos is necessarily the hardest puncher. I think the way he does his best damage is by punching to the body and wearing down your gas tank over time, but... Because Burgos has to be so aware of those counter punches coming back from Emmett, I don't think we see him attack the body as much as he did versus Makwan Amir Kami, for example. I think he sticks more to his straight punches like his jab and his cross and just tends to keep this fight as at a comfortable range for him and not try to get too close to Emmett in the pocket. So once again, for me, the pick is going to be Shane Burgos to win by decision here. Unless Emmett gets that first round knockout, then I think that... Uh, Burgos takes over, maybe even gets a late knockout of his own. But the official pick for me is going to be Burgos by decision. And I think a good way to play this fight is going to be Emmett by first round knockout or Burgos money line, uh, Burgos by knockout or decision, whatever props you want to go with. Maybe Burgos round two, round three. Uh, those should be some good value in there as well. So really fun fight. Looking forward to it. And uh, I think that Burgos gets it done. The next fight is in the main event of the evening in the heavyweight division. We have Alex Volkov taking on Curtis Blades. The opening betting line for this one was Blades minus 235 to Volkov plus 200. Right now we are seeing Blades minus 420 to Volkov plus 335. So a ton of action coming in on the already pretty sizable favorite Curtis Blades. And right off the bat, I think that where the money line is at right now, it's totally dogger pass. 
all the value is gone from blades and i think that volkov at this price it might actually be worth a play for a half unit maybe one unit play so the obvious path to victory for Blades is going to be use his, his wrestling background, look to exploit the takedown defense of Volkov, similar to how Fabricio Verdum did just a few fights ago. Verdum was just going to that single leg over and over again, and he hit it pretty easily. Uh, Volkov did not have much resistance, but he had an interesting strategy. Instead of trying to stand up, he just put Verdum in his guard. He had a very a very strong guard, very strong legs, and just kept Verdum in his guard and kind of neutralized him there. I mean, Verdum was an expert jujitsu uh, guy on the ground and was not able to pass guard, was not able to do much meaningful work from top position, which is really rare from a guy like Verdum. And Volkov was basically able to weather that early grappling storm, tire Verdum out. And once Verdum was so tired, it, it was like in a point in round four, he realized he was gassed out. He looked like he had one chance to go for a knockout, just swung for the fences. Alex Volkov countered him, landed some good hard punches, and knocked him out cold in round four. So it was a great performance from Volkov. And I think that he could possibly replicate that here. Now, what I will say is that Blades is a much more physical guy at this point in his career than Verdum was. He's got better takedowns. He probably has better ground and pound. And he might even be a more effective guard passer than Verdum because he just uses his athleticism to do it. And I mean, I'm not saying, you know, pure guard passing skills, Blades is better. But I think that in this spot, he could have an easier time uh, breaking that guard of Volkov because he's going to be stacking him, landing those elbows, landing those ground and pound shots like that he knocked out uh, Alistair Overeem with not that long ago but the reason why I think this line is wide is because if the fight stays purely striking I mean you have to think it's even either even or a slight advantage to Volkov I mean the guy's got the much better striking technique that's for sure he's outstruck the better guys and even though that um, Blades knocked out uh, JDS in his last fight with his boxing. I definitely don't think that he's you know a tremendous striker by any means. He's definitely improving. He's definitely going to have a speed advantage over Volkov, but the technique and the output definitely goes to Volkov. I mean, he has very steady output over the three rounds. He's landed over 100 strikes in three-round fights multiple times before. So if the fight stays on the feet at, at a kickboxing range, you have to favor Volkov. Um, but a big factor of Volkov's that will be taken away from him is his kicks because he's going to have to be worried about getting taken down. So he's not going to be throwing as many leg kicks, as many body kicks, which are typically a big tool of Volkov. So when it comes down to it, I do think the Blades will hit the takedowns. I think that if Verdun was able to hit those weak little single legs, I think the Blades is able to get him down as well. It's just a, really a matter of when Blades shoots because if he tries to, to play around on the feet and he gets stung with some punches of himself and starts shooting bad shots, it could get real close. And, I mean, this fight is at heavyweight. Uh, let's not forget that. And Blades has been knocked out early in fights before. I mean, it was only two years ago when Ngannou just knocked him out in 30 seconds with a crazy overhand shot. So that's not totally out of the question here. It's heavyweight MMA. There's a ton of variability, especially with this small cage and the, the shortened training camps. You really never know with these fights. So minus 420 for Blades is a total pass. I mean, he's a very up-and-coming prospect. He's been improving. He's looked good in his past few fights. And I will pick him to win by TKO here. Um, but in terms of the money line, you guys just got to pass. You got to realize that there might even be some value on Volkov. So 
the way I'll play this fight is by picking uh, blades uh, by knockout, maybe blades three, four, five uh, bets, and then maybe doing a small half a unit on Volkov just to cover that up. But if the fight stays standing, if blades isn't able to hit takedowns, look to live bet Volkov. I mean, I'm really not convinced that this is going to be a clear win for blades, and I think that we could see Volkov pull off this huge upset at plus 335. I'm definitely surprised at the action still coming in on blades as such a heavy favorite. So once again, dog or pass in the money line, but the official predict prediction is going to be blades by 345 TKO. So that is going to do it for the podcast for me. Not as many bets this week. I will post my official bets on my Bet MMA Tips page. Uh, again, last week was a very successful week, winning six units in track plays. And I think that this week will be another good one, mostly on the does not go the distance or goes the distance or the unders in this one. Not really picking too many confident money line sides. Uh, I think uh, Roxanne Matafari is the only money line bet I have in addition to uh, Jim Miller. So that's going to be all for the podcast this week. Uh, check the Bet MMA and my Twitter to see my official bets before the event goes live. And I will see you all next week. Peace. Peace.